Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Syracuse has a Friday night game against Liberty. That means the Fizzcast is coming at you a bit earlier in the week. Ian Unsworth, John Eats to my right. The Orange and the Flames going for round three after SU took round one in 2019. And Hugh Freeze and company took round two last year at the Dome. But, John, before we get into this week's matchup, let's just touch on Albany for a second. I mean, there's really not much to draw from this game entirely, but... Sean Tucker, first and foremost, record-setting performance. Yeah, I mean, what a, every time Sean Tucker touched the ball, he was taking it to the he was taking it to the house, and that's a big reason why he only played two quarters. If Sean Tucker would have played all four of that game, he probably would have rewritten every single record that exists in Syracuse football history. Certainly, a sight for welcome eyes for Syracuse fans, and something we expected from him coming in. Purely dominant, and for the for the offense as a whole, I think it was kind of like an opportunity to do your laundry. You know, you get clean, you figure things out. Now, will that make a difference here on Friday night against Liberty? We'll find out. Syracuse definitely going to need all the points they can get, though. Unfortunately, I don't really think it got us anywhere closer to figuring out what the heck is going on with the quarterback situation because U Albany was overmatched. That was clear from the get-go, and DeVito nor Schrader, neither of them really proved a, a point of sorts. Yes, there was the long touchdown pass to Damian Alford. That was cool. But honestly, there's you don't really have to be impressed with either of the two because Tucker did so well. But going forward, if DeVito's going to continue to start, he has to be my pick for starting quarterback going forward. It seems like we talk about this every single week, but I mean, you go with what you know, and that's Tommy DeVito at this point in time. From an optics perspective, it looks like DeVito will be the starting quarterback because he didn't play a single snap in the second half, and it wasn't because he was injured or really anything like that. I know he was banged up a little bit in that game, but I think it was just because the coaches wanted to see more from Garrett Schrader, and I don't know about you, but from what I saw, I didn't see things that impressed me or made me think that he should be the starter against Liberty on Friday. And, you know, he did he did a couple of good things. He scored a couple of touchdowns on the ground and stuff. And, and, again, it's against an FCS team, and DeVito did the same things in the first half, and he was throwing dimes all up and down the field. So I think DeVito still gives you the best chance to win. I know I get a lot of hate in the comment section from people saying, oh, Schrader's the guy. He did this and he did that in Mississippi State, and he did, did, he did, did this and he did that in garbage time. None of that is relatable to a real game-like scenario, and I'm sick of this quarterback carousel where you take one in, you put another one in, you cross your T's and dot your I's. Pick one, stick with one, go with one. That's that's my message to the coaching staff. I'm with you 100%. Last but not least, I know I personally was looking for the defense to turn it up, and they did, especially on the front with Cody Roscoe paving the way three sacks to his name. Yeah, my uh, Cody Roscoe's stock is very up. He had a great game against Rutgers, even better one against you, Albany. We'll see if that continues against Liberty. I think he's going to continue to see snaps. I said this in my article at orangefizz.net. You could check out all the stock up, stock downs, and all of our football coverage there. And follow us on Twitter, by the way, at orangefizz. Great coverage there. Uh, I said he's probably getting snaps because Kingsley Jonathan is injured. I don't really know what the deal is with him. He's just not playing. He's suited up and he's got his gear on on the sideline, but he's not going into games. So Roscoe's getting these snaps and he's taking full advantage. Uh, really, the, the defensive line, the line, everywhere you look, there's great depth everywhere, I would say, especially the D-line. Well, maybe Kingsley Jonathan isn't playing because he got one too many 
uh, 15-yard penalties for his coach's likings. Let's just put that out there. Uh, but I'm very happy with what Cody Roscoe brings to the table. And honestly, swapping out him for Jonathan isn't really that much of a drop-off, in my opinion. I think there's value in both of them. Yes, Roscoe, body-wise, looks a bit undersized, but Dino Baber said this week you cannot put a value on someone's heart, and Roscoe plays like a guy that was overlooked coming out of high school and is trying to pave a path into the pros. You said it. He just flies around. That's why he racks up so many tackles. He was tied for third, I think actually in both games, Rutgers and UAlbany. And as a defensive lineman, that says something because yes, you get the TFLs. Yes, you get the sacks, but he's able to make plays, chase down dudes really at every level. And that's what impresses me most about Cody Roscoe. So hopefully Syracuse, especially the front three, the linebackers can bring this energy that they got rolling against UAlbany, a terrible rushing team. Let's put that out there. But Get the momentum from the FCS opponent to the independent FBS opponent that ran wild on the Orange last year because that was the story of the game. It was a 38-21 Liberty win at a similar time in the season last year. I believe it was, was it game five? Yeah, it was, it was, it was in the middle. Yeah. yeah, but Liberty comes to the Dome and absolutely their offensive line was paving holes. You could you could go up to West Point, bring a tank to Syracuse, and uh, drive it through the holes that the Flames' O-line was paving. Let's just put it this way. An, a ridiculous amount of rushing touchdowns for the Flames, and Shedro Lewis, who was not their number one guy, he's still not their number one he, guy. He was just walking through holes. Malik Willis was zone reading, and and having acres of space on the edges. Liberty really used the, I would say, the youth and the inexperience of Syracuse's defense last year and the first year, the 3-1-5, the 3-3-5, in the 3-1-5. And Tony White, and he tried his best, but there, there were some times when it looked like he was a little young and a little green as a defensive coordinator as well. I think that really showed against Liberty last season. It was Hugh Freeze against Tony White, and of course Hugh Freeze won because Hugh Freeze has been working his system for years and years. Tony White, I'm just going to throw the caveat out there, didn't have spring practice, had a whole lot of new starters, really came in, had no opportunity to get his, his stuff in place, and he was exposed for it in this game. Over 500 yards of total offense, about eight per play for Liberty last year. They have a lot of these pieces back once again this year. But on the other hand, Syracuse's defense is very improved. Don't look now, but they're fourth in the nation in total defense, only allowing 225 yards per game. And I know it's come against Ohio and it's come against Albany, but that Rutgers offense was no joke. They dominated the line of scrimmage in that game. I have no reason to believe they can't do it again in this one. I would hope so. Liberty last year, 338 rushing yards, and they were averaging seven per carry. Shedro Lewis was that main guy, and he had 170 yards on the ground last year against the Orange, and in total, he had 429 yards rushing in the 2020 season. So that's over a third of his total yardage came on Ernie Davis Legends Field last year. This year, he's only got 17 carries for 81 yeah, yards. He's not the guy anymore. I mean, it's really surprising. And also, Peyton Pickett, who ran for 100 as well, just you know, off the strength of Lewis needing a breather after multiple 60-plus yard tutty runs, he's gone too. He's at Jackson State. Mm -hmm. And so it's Josh Mack, who's a Central New York native. We were all looking at him 
when Liberty came to the Dome last year, like, oh, this guy is going to power through Syracuse. He didn't, he didn't play a snap. He did not play a snap, and Liberty didn't miss a beat. Nope. It didn't really matter who was playing running back that day. Like you said, the holes were wide open. The opportunities were there. Syracuse just had four four poor wow four fundamentals. That's there's funny. there's your tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> poor fundamentals, poor tackling, poor run filling. So, like I said, I think Syracuse is astronomically better on both sides of the ball. We'll talk about the offense in a minute. Just remember, Rex Culpepper was quarterback for Syracuse in this game, and the Orange still able to put up 21 points. I'm just gonna throw that out there, but. Uh, Shedro Lewis is RB3 this year for Liberty. Joshua Max, RB2. Then there's this guy named TJ Green. He's a Utah transfer, averaging about six yards per carry, 23 carries for 132 yards. But, you know, Malik Willis is the alpha dog. Enough talking about the supporting cast. Malik Willis is the alpha dog. He leads this team in rushing 11 total touchdowns in three games, had six in Liberty's last game against Campbell. He's a first round pick. Everybody's touting him. it out there? I I I thoroughly believe it. He might not go until maybe the twenties. He'll be one of those surprise picks late in the first round. But I see a team really gambling on him because there are a lot of NFL teams that need quarterbacks, right? What if you're the Broncos? You have a middling season. You need a guy. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy. So you you pick up Malik Willis because he's a better version of Teddy Bridgewater. He can really throw the deep ball well, and I think he's going to continue to improve on that as the season goes. But the main thing is his legs, really. As you said, the rushing yards already, and his ability to make the reads out of the pistol, like Lamar Jackson. If you've watched any Monday night football, some Sunday night football with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, it is almost, I would say, a replica of Liberty's offense. Well, vice versa that, but you know what I mean. They are running the exact same offense, pistol, zone read concepts, got a couple of pulling guards and tackles in there as well to get uh, either the running back or quarterback open on the outside, but they are going to run the ball and run it out of the shotgun, most likely. And my strategy, if I'm Tony White, is literally just to stack the box. This team has won games so far by running the football. Their top receiver, Demario Douglas, has 16 catches for 185 yards. The next guy has six. So clearly, they're they're pretty top-heavy, a lot like Syracuse is with Taj Harris and no supporting casts on the outside. So if I'm Tony White, I'm stacking the box this year. I'm not running stunts against the runs either. All I'm doing is putting bodies in the middle, stuffing the run, trying to control the line of scrimmage, forcing Malik Willis to beat you as a passer because, like I said, I think there's a lack of weapons on the outside outside of Douglas. I think the positive thing when it comes to stacking the boxes, we've seen the linebackers tackle really well this year. We've mm-hmm. praised all of them. Canton Arku, Thompson, Wax, Jones, those guys have all done a really good job of wrapping up. I, I would say you, it's not the second level really, but it's that three to four yard area past the line of scrimmage. Once you get through the initial push, the linebackers are right there and they're shooting gaps as well. So the improved tackling of the linebacker group and also Deuce and Garrett on the outside, I think really is going to make a difference this year because Rob Hanna is not going to be put in those kind of positions where he is that one guy protecting the end zone. That was the one thing Syracuse didn't do a good job of last year in this game was run filling, filling those gaps and making tackles. I haven't really seen many, if any, mistakes from that linebacking corner. Don't forget about Stephon Thompson either. I think he's going to wreak some havoc in the backfield. Him and Marlo Wax are so good at pass rushing, so if they're able to get to Malik Willis and just contain him, if, if, if you're put on a QB spy, you got to contain him. That's That's got to be your sole priority, I think, if you're Syracuse. Because I can already see Malik Willis picking up these crucial third downs with his legs, and Syracuse hasn't faced a quarterback like him yet. So. 
Yeah, we're not going to actually see him roll out of the pocket much and look to throw. Once he pulls it down, he's running. So, yes, the QB spy on third down, crucial. Everybody's staying disciplined, whether it's zone or man. And once that ball gets pulled, the sideline has to let the defense know. Everybody's got to communicate. They have to swarm to the football. We've talked a lot about Liberty's offense, and rightly so, because last year they were ninth in the nation in rushing yardage. But defensively, they returned 10 of 11 starters. This is a solid unit, one that held Virginia Tech to 15 points last year, and that was the only game they lost before the bowl. So I would say that Liberty is just as good as they were last year defensively. All those starters back, and they're just picking up right where they left off. I said before Syracuse is number four in total defense. I checked this morning, and Liberty was number four. So I'm not really sure why that is, but they're easily a top 10 defense. But, you know, you could question the, the competition they've played as well. They've played against Old Dominion, Campbell, and Troy. Now, Troy's probably the best of that bunch, but still not that good. A top four Sunbelt team, but that's about it. So I'd say they haven't been tested yet, but what they do very well is get to the quarterback. They're also fourth in the nation in sacks per game, averaging five. And, you know, if we know anything about this Syracuse offensive line, especially lately, a lot of mixing and matching. Dakota Davis is back, but we saw Aaron Service slide into the middle and start taking reps at center, and Carlos Vetterello slide out to right tackle. So that could be a problem for Syracuse. Only allowed one sack against you, Albany, but you got to talk about how DeVito and Schrader were able to move out of the pocket and extend plays to avoid those sacks as well. Well, Syracuse gave up three sacks last year for a total of 24 yards, but Rex Culpepper was in the pocket. Right. That is that no is the that is the so. massive caveat about last year's game. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but in comparing last year to this year, the real difference is that Syracuse has a more complete unit offensively. Tucker is fully good to go. We've got extra depth in the backfield. The wide receivers hopefully are going to start to find that option number two, option number three. The health of Luke Benson, that's a question mark, but I mean, was he going to get used anyway? He, he probably not. The first two balls on that drive, and I was like, what? We're actually using the tight ends, and of course he gets freaking hurt. That would have been big, though. I mean, I, I think either or losing, losing a tight end is not the worst thing in the world to happen to this offense, although having Landon Morris right now would be very, very nice. But that's that's beside the point. That's really beside the point. Don't get me point. going. Don't get me going. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to move on to our uh, weekly running competition here. John is now, uh, you you are now, what, 2-1? and one? Yep. 2-1 and one picking, I guess, in our weekly picks. John picked the over last week for the Syracuse Albany game and rightly so let's just say six points to five let's let's do that okay we'll go six points to five yeah. um but uh yeah I I've envisioned a low scoring game I did not see Sean Tucker carving through the Albany defense like it was hot butter and I think the the over was pretty close to hitting at halftime so it hit at halftime okay yeah, exactly it probably hit at the end of the first quarter <laughs> so yes uh, John John got it last week but this week here's what we're looking at the lines out early because it is a Friday game Syracuse is a touchdown dog and the over under right now I'm looking on action network it's set at 52 the orange money line is plus 190 well I think this is an easy over pick here 52 and a half I have but either way both teams are they'll, they'll, they'll get over this first one I think 24 I said is going to win this ball game so we'll see who that is now both teams do have good defenses as well but I think the offenses are just a little bit too much I think this ends up being an offensive game and you know what? I'm taking Syracuse in the upset, straight up. Give me the money line plus 190. The money line. All right, so we haven't had a money line pick yet. Would this? Do we think, does a money line pick get you double points if you pick the dog? 
I think that's fair. All right. Yeah, if, money, it's, if it's like a touchdown. Money line gets you double points if you pick the dog. That's the rule here. John currently leads 6-5. to five. So you're taking the over and Syracuse money line. I'm actually going to flip this on its head. I'm going to take the over, right? But I'm going to take Liberty with the points. Hmm. Because I, I don't know. I don't think Syracuse has put four quarters of football together yet. And Ohio is 0-3. If, if you haven't been keeping up with the Bobcats, I don't blame you. But oh, Ohio gosh. looks like a terrible, terrible, terrible football team. We have, and Even in that Ohio game, there were not four quarters of complete football. Nah. And unfortunately, I think this game is going to start really hot. There's going to be tons of energy in the Dome. People are going to be riled up probably after a good afternoon of tailgating into the Dome. Plenty, plenty of juice. But I think once the second half hits... They might start to get figured out. I I think Liberty's going to start stacking the box, especially if they get the lead, force DeVito to throw, force the guys on the outside to get separation, which they really struggled to do last year in the ACC. And I would say Liberty's just as good as an ACC team. So I just don't know if Syracuse can put it together. I have Liberty probably winning this one 31-21. Okay. Let me think about this. It's always pretty close to the over/under. Wait, hold up. Thirty-one to twenty-one is right on fifty-two, so that gives you yeah. a push. So let's let's go let's go thirty-four to thirty-four. Nah, thirty-one to twenty-four. Yeah, nah, thirty-four to twenty-four. There you go. Right. So that way, Liberty still covers and and the points hit. I think I'll take thirty-four to thirty. Syracuse pulls it out late, touchdown gets it, and then Liberty stifled on the last drive. I'm hoping Syracuse got. All the all the penalties out of the way already. I mean, yeah, that's another that's another thing we haven't week. talked about, man. These penalties are killer. I'm hoping all the penalties, all the hiccups are gone. Those were taken care of this week. I hope all the red zone turnovers were, you know, happened and left in that Rutgers game. I hope this is the game that Syracuse can put it all together and non-conference going to ACC. You got a winnable game of Florida State on the horizon. This could be the time where Syracuse picks up that momentum and starts to show us that they're going to be consistently good this year and not just occasionally great. I have reason to believe that Syracuse can win this game. I mentioned the lack of targets on the outside from Liberty, how much, how improved this Syracuse defense is. Really, the Syracuse team, I think, is already two times better than it was last year. Okay, and this Liberty team's good, too. They brought a lot of people back as well, but I think Syracuse is going to win this game. I really do. All right, so John going with the bold Syracuse money line pick. I've got Liberty by the points, and we're both taking the over which is set at 52. That's going to do it for this week's FizzCast. For John Eads, I've been Ian Unsworth. Syracuse Liberty, 8 p.m. this Friday in the Dome. It's probably going to be electric. Get out there, watch the game if you can, and enjoy it because it's going to be probably the best contest we get in the non-conference. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day, and go Orange.